0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But we do know if we want to continue to enjoy our lives, we have to be careful about how we feed our bodies. And today, we have an expert coming on to help us do just that. I am thrilled to welcome back a dear friend and one heck of a creative genius, Nava Atlas. Nava is a multi-talented visual artist as well as a reviewer of women's literature with her book and newsletter, The Literary Lady's Guide to the Writing Life. But Nav is probably best known as the author of numerous books on vegan and vegetarian cooking. You're going to recognize many of your favorites among her extensive repertoire, including Vegan Soups and Hearty Stews for All Seasons, one of my personal favorites, (laughs) Vegan Holiday Kitchen, Wild About Greens, Plant Power, and Five Ingredient Vegan. But Nav is back on to share with us today all about her just-released latest culinary masterpiece it's called vegan on a budget it is another giddy i don't know how you do it (laughs) i'm so happy to have you back on nava
1: thank you and thank you so much for having me back on it's always a pleasure to speak with you
0: Well, as I said, you are a nationally recognized expert on all sorts of all things concerning vegan and vegetarian cooking, but this time you added a new twist uh, with a focus on budget-friendly vegan recipes. So a lot of times people think vegan, uh, vegan and vegetarian cooking has to be expensive, but it's not. So what led you to write a book with this focus?
1: Um, you know, it's interesting. So I, I was going to say that this book is a little bit prescient because, you know, you you start a book a year or a year and a half before it's actually published. And who knew that there was going to be a great recession now? Yeah, I certainly didn't. So it's, it wasn't created with anything sort of uh, cynical in mind and certainly not with that hope. But I think it, it, I did really create it to help dispel the myth that, vegan cooking and organic foods are necessarily more expensive because they're not, there's, you know, so many items and we can talk more specifically that really fit into just about every budget, you know, and I did want to say though, now that we are in a recession that I recognize that this book is for people who would like to save money are on a budget, but this is really different from food insecurity, which is, you know, a a totally different problem in this country. So I feel like I'm still coming to this from a place of people who can actually buy food pretty easily and acquire food easily. And, you know, that's it's a sad problem in this country, and it's some, something that we should all be thinking about.
0: Oh, boy, you are so right about that. And thank you for bringing that to the focus. But I, uh, again, I, I, you know, you hear so many times, oh, vegetables are expensive. I don't think it compares to, like, steak. (laughs) I think we really can eat very well, uh, very nutritiously, uh, and be very satisfied on vegan cooking. And one of the things I really liked about this book is you devoted several pages right at the start uh to showing uh how we can make food preparation easy uh while we're saving money, so can you give us some tips? I thought especially some of the green the tips of bringing fresh greens and saving them. I thought that was really interesting
1: um, the tips about fresh greens I mean, well just you know making that sure fresh... that we
0: can prepare food, save food, don't waste food.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, food waste is actually a really a huge problem in this country. You know, not only is it, 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 you know, generally sad and wasteful, but food waste really contributes also to greenhouse gases. So one of the ways I'm trying to help counteract that is by subscribing to um, a service that rescues imperfect food and I'll loop back around to your specific question but I thought this is something that didn't actually make it into the book because it's something relatively new and I, I imagine they have it something like that on the west because that's where so much of the produce is grown so these rescue services gather vegetables and fruits that are not pretty enough to go into the supermarket and usually they're just fine they might have a bump on them or a weird shape, or you know, they're too big or too small, but they they taste just as good, and you save, I would say, at least thirty to forty percent of what you would pay for the same item in a supermarket. So the one I subscribe to, it's called Misfits Market, and there are <laughs> other like others like it. It's uh, there's I think Farm Box Direct. It's a really great way to save money on organic food, and it's also, in this day and age, it's also a way to, let's say you're a person who doesn't feel comfortable going into stores, it's brought right directly to your home in recyclable boxes with recyclable uh, dry ice, and I just, I really just absolutely love it, because we are trying here not to go into stores too much or as little as possible, um, you know, as far as greens, and as you know, I, I wrote a book about greens because I love them so yes. much. Uh, it's very often people have, you know, they bring greens home from the farm market or the store because they they intend to use more of them in their life. And then they languish in the back of the refrigerator, and then you kind of sneak and throw them out when they're already too far gone. So the thing with greens is you really should at least prep them before you store them in the fridge, and they keep getting pushed back and back more. One of the really easy ways to do to prepare greens is just wilt them down right away. First of all, they take up so much less room. And if you don't think you're going to use them right away, you put them in a cool container or an ice cube trays, and you put them in the freezer. So this way when you need a little bit of greens for a soup or to make pesto, you just even pop out a few of the squares or just take out the whole thing and or put the whole thing into some soup. And, you know, th- that's the beauty of greens is that they look really intimidating when you first get them, but wilted down, they take up almost no room and it's such a super concentrated form of vitamins and minerals. It makes it well, now our too. listeners
0: just got a big hint of what they can find in this book because I would never have thought of wilting them down, turning them into ice cubes, and then throwing them into soups as needed. You have <laughs> one creative mind, I have to say, but that, I just thought that's great. And what I tend to do is, you know, they'll be wet if I get them at the grocery and then, you know, I try not to stick them in bags all the time, but sometimes I do. Then you shove them in the refrigerator and then they turn, you know, gushy quickly so these kinds of ideas are so helpful Uh, another thing that you spend a a lot a reasonable amount of time pages on is getting your biggest bang for the buck at the grocery store and i know buying in bulk is one of your tips what are some of the other things that you would suggest
1: you know it's interesting about grocery stores you know there's this myth about only shop the periphery, yeah you know everybody's heard that one, and I thought that is just the, really the dumbest piece of advice I've ever heard <laughs> on the periphery, of course, you have the produce is almost always on the periphery, that's good, but then you have the deli counter and the bakery, both of which you you know have some useful items, but you could probably do without so if you don't if you only shop the periphery, what are you going to be missing? You're be missing canned beans, dried beans and peas pastas, all of which are really foundational foods in the vegan pantry and also are very, very inexpensive. And another thing I learned while researching this book is that very often the less costly bargain forms of certain things are on the bottom shelf because suppliers often have to pay for eye-level display. So if you don't go down those rows, Of course, there are things we don't need in in the middle of supermarkets, but uh, there are many things that are, you know, you've really been missing out a lot. So I thought I really wanted to dispel that myth because I cannot tell you, even when I was researching this book, how often I heard, only shop the periphery. And so, um, oh, another thing that I like that's not in the periphery is the prepared sauces and condiments. Those, when you take your foundational foods, and combine it, let's say, with an Indian simmer sauce. You're still going to be paying a lot less when you, you know, if you're creating true, let's say, Indian flavors, than if you go and do takeout. So this is a story I like to tell. Because this is almost what got me started on the project is that um, we, our family, really enjoys Indian food. But when we did takeout, I thought, wow, we, it was almost seventy dollars for the four of us, and I thought. It's like half of our grocery budget. Yeah. And I think we got four entrees and maybe a couple of those delicious fluffy breads. But it's not food that, that like, there's no leftovers. It's just that's what it is. It's not a lot of food. So then I discovered the Indian summer sauces, which are usually between 4 and $5 a jar. But when you combine it with... One of my favorite recipes, and maybe you know, this will be a good time to talk about it, it's chickpeas and frozen cauliflower and some fresh tomatoes. And then you throw in this jar of simmer sauce, and I tell you, it, is, it really tastes like it comes from the best Indian restaurant. And to go with it, as a little splurge, I got the frozen samosas, because I have to tell you, I'm way too lazy to make samosas. But even with those... <laughs> The meal cost, I figured, between 3 and $4 a person rather than, I don't know what it was, you know, 18 or almost, you know, 15 to $18 a person. So, and I wouldn't even call it a splurge. It was just a really great weekday meal that tasted like takeout, but it was just so delicious and filling.
0: Well, I got a copy of your book the other day, and I found that one. I thought, wow, that looks great. But you have 125 delicious recipes in this book, and I'd like to get specific on some of those right now. Uh, Of course, Chapter 1, after the introduction and all those really great tips you give there, uh, Chapter 1 is entitled, Everyone Loves Soups and Stews. Uh, I certainly do. And... Do you have a couple of favorite recipes you'd like to share from that chapter? Because, boy, those are great for a budget, aren't they, soups and stews?
1: Oh, absolutely. You make a soup once and you can enjoy it for several days. You know, I just absolutely, just spontaneously turned to a carrot ginger soup, and I thought it is so Mm. perfect. I don't know where you are. If the seasons are turning yet, it's probably still very, very hot, unfortunately. But for the rest of us, it really is almost fall. And one of the really great tips to make a carrot ginger soup for people who think, well, it's a lot of work to peel and dice two pounds of carrots. Well, my shortcut is to use two one-pound bags of baby carrots that you don't have to chop at all. And they're really very inexpensive, very economical, considering the fact that you're going to get six to eight servings out of this. And this is such a comforting soup. I I think of the soup whenever I feel like I might be coming down with a cold or something. It just feels so nourishing. So that's one. Um, I I just kind of randomly turned to that one. It is really a favorite. And, um, oh, here's the one that's uh, Italian pasta and bean soup.
0: It's really,
1: and again, so economical. You have your really inexpensive vegetables, which I count as onion, garlic, celery, and carrots, and then pasta, so little tiny pasta, and beans. You know, can a couple cans of beans? Really economical, six to eight servings. And this is one of those soups that kind of keeps on giving, because as it stands, it thickens. So you add a little bit more water, a little bit more seasoning. So you may even get more servings out of it. And what's really nice about soup, I would suggest making the whole recipe because once if you do get tired of it, you can pop it in the freezer. And you'll be really happy to find it when the weather really does get colder or when you really feel like you're you're not feeling well and you need something comforting like that.
0: Well, I, I just thought every one of those soups looks wonderful. And, two, I wanted to mention, you know, you said you make it easier. You can use baby carrots. Y- you provide a lot of those kind of tips because you are, uh, all of your cookbooks, you're not one that's going to have 35 ingredients and all these horrible, you know, hours-long processes. You make things delicious, easy, nutritious, colorful. I mean, and, and that's really important to a lot of us, especially as we get a little older, you know, the days of standing in the kitchen for hours is no longer fun. But I do want to mention, make special mention of your very clever chapter titles, a couple of them. A Flash in the Pan and Noodling Around in the Kitchen really drew my eye. Mm. So tell us a little bit about what you can find in both of those chapters.
1: A Flash in the Pan Skillets and Stir Fries. I I love fresh stir fries and very often when I do get my Misfits Market uh, goodies, I'll just make a big stir fry with whatever. It's it's almost like you don't even have to follow a recipe. Um, it it also includes economical things like rice and beans. You know, I, I, right after the um, COVID hit and people were on lockdown, I feel like people fell back in love with rice and beans in a big, big way. And I've never fallen out of love with them, but I, I feel like I appreciate them even more than ever. This Jamaican-inspired rice and red beans, such a simple mm. dish, and it's been following me around for years and years, and I feel like we'll just never get tired of it. It's beans, rice, and it's flavored with coconut milk. And it's just, again, it's so simple and yummy and delicious, so then we were talking about noodling around the kitchen, <laughs> traditional Italian pasta dishes as well as Asian style noodle dishes. I, you know, I've always been really partial for some reason to pasta, and don't especially like whole wheat or, you know, there's a lot of specialty pastas now, and they are really good. They have more protein and more vitamins, but honestly, I really stick with. Eat- regular pasta and it's interesting because a cup of cooked pasta has seven grams of protein and usually we eat more than that in one sitting so you're getting a really pretty hefty dose of protein and it has a lot of B vitamins but with pasta it also really depends on what you put in and on it so one of my favorites in the pasta chapter it's called kale pesto pasta with mushroom bacon Uh, I just love this. And again, this is one of those things you could do with those big bunches of kale. You can substitute chard if that's what you have. So when you turn greens into pesto, it's a concentrated form of flavor and nutrition. And it just coats the pasta in the most delicious way. And then you fry up mushrooms with barbecue seasoning and a little soy sauce. And it becomes crispy and yummy like what we remember my faint memory, never a big bacon eater growing up in a Jewish family. But, you know, we all are familiar with the smell of bacon, even if we didn't haven't eaten a lot of it. So, you know, in fact, I, I'm looking at this kale pesto pasta with mushroom bacon, and I really feel like making it tonight.
0: <laughs> well, never. And... Two. Speaking of mushroom bacon, uh, the last chapter is you provide. I think about ten. I'm not sure, but uh, recipes that are basic. You've got every. You've got mushroom bacon in that tartar dressing, which of course I loved anything like you know tartar sauce or something that kind of thing. But you can make that vegan, and uh, then you've got your hummus recipe. And so tell us a little bit about that last chapter because I think that's really great for especially beginner vegans.
1: Yeah, I, you know, interestingly, because, I, you know, I'm still really all in on prepared sauces, and they really don't necessarily have to be expensive. Sometimes the store brands or the store organic brands are excellent. And let's say you want to make a peanut satay sauce. But you have to buy a lot of things, you know, so it ends up almost being more economical to buy the bottle of it. However, there are times when we do want to do DIY. So I, I give the choice. So I do have... Uh, coconut peanut sauce or dressing. And I have, uh, you can, most recipes say we can use a bottle of vinaigrette, but I also have the vinaigrette dressing. I think, again, you know, post-COVID, a lot of us really started to gravitate back towards DIY, but I think it's really mm-hmm. nice to have the option. And I have no objection to the to the ready-made kind. I just think it's nice when people can choose. One of, the, one of my absolute favorites here is making your own homemade seitan. It's you know for someone who hasn't done it before it can seem a little intimidating but after a few times it is super easy it is so much less expensive and it also it's also absolutely delicious you know how um, I don't know if you're a fan of seitan Eileen but sometimes it could be like when you buy it it's like shoe leather it's just so hard and chewy and this homemade seitan is just so amazingly tender. And you can do so many things with it. Yes, and the mushroom bacon is in here. Also tempeh bacon. And, uh, you know, the, the dips of the tofu sour cream. Again, you can buy it ready-made, but it's nice to be able to make it if you if you happen to have the ingredients. And a homemade hummus, I feel like, it, homemade hummus is so much less expensive than the kind you buy and you get such a much bigger batch, let's say you have family who or, or guests or relatives who love homeless. I mean, those little containers can go in, you know, you dip it a few times and it's gone.
0: Well, another thing, too, when you make things like this on your own, there's not a lot of preservatives, obviously, and chemicals in there you don't want. Gee, Nava, this book is just I, – I was really impressed, and it's, uh, again, according <laughs> to your usual style, your trademark style, they're, they're great, they're delicious, but they are not a lot of work for the cooks. And, you know, you – Uh, As I said before we went on air, I want to move in with you. I've decided (laughs) I'm coming to live with you and Just keep my mouth open and you keep creating these great recipes. (laughs) <laughs> well we do have to go though unfortunately so i know you have uh in addition to your cooks but you have a really well sev- a website uh, so where can people go to find out more about you your wonderful work and of course get a copy of all these great cookbooks but this latest one vegan on a budget
1: visit me at the dot com for lots of vegan recipes my literature website is LiteraryLadiesGuide.com, dot com, and the book is available, as they say, wherever books are sold.
0: Well, and this one too, boy is it worth is it worth picking this one up? You're going to turn to this again and again when you have company, when you are cooking for your family, even if you're cooking for yourself. There's all sorts of great options in this book. Nava, you're always one of my all-time favorite guests. Thank you so much oh, for thank coming you. on.
1: Thank you so much. And also,
0: (laughs) for all of you listeners out there, uh, we do want to be aware of, of course, our boomers' uh, accomplishments, our glorious maturity, and remember that our health is even more important, especially in times like this. And eating a plant based diet, just like NAVA uh, and Mother Nature want us to do, can be extremely helpful. To uh, boost that immune system and do all sorts of good things. So, check out Nava's book and her websites and this latest one. Again, one more time is Vegan on a Budget: 125 Healthy, Wallet-Friendly, Plant-Based Recipes. I know you're going to love it. So, until next time, this is Mary Irene Williams at Feisty Side of Fifty Radio. Saying I'll catch you later. Bye bye.